It's Wednesday, February 28, 2024. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. This one is for Laura Loomer. I don't normally specifically do streams for specific people, but it's a new technique. Miss Loomer, if you're watching, I'm going to, Lord willing, walk through what the law is regarding regarding Hyas. I'll speak to specific steps and courses of action you can take in the law to use your platform to bring more pressure on Hyas, um, but to do it based on constitutional provision where no one will be able to answer to you. Um, and if you want me to, DM me or talk to me however, um, I will help write all the documents that you would ever want to go against Hyas to include... Uh, giving evidence that could lead to the revocation, the annulment, or the re uh, the destruction of their charter. I always like to start my streams out with the Bible. This is from Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 4 and 5. This says, They that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. So people who keep the law contend with the wicked on the law. Verse 5, evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. We want to use the word of the Lord to walk in righteousness, to do good things, and to smash wickedness. Laura Loomer is a very large uh, you know, media personality, and I'm sure more people, if they're watching me, they know who she is. So this is her. A couple days ago, she said that she wanted to smash uh, Hyas. I said, well, uh, Lord willing, this week I will do an affidavit for Laura Loomer to help her in this effort. If she wants to direct her attention to stopping NGOs facilitating open borders, I will help. Laura Loomer then followed me on Twitter. So I am a nobody and a nothing, and Laura Loomer has followed me, and I appreciate that. Uh, but most importantly, what I want to do is I want to deliver on the goods. So it's less about social media, and it's more about what's right for this nation. Laura Loomer then said she wants, um, she requoted, this was just a couple minutes ago. She says, President Trump speaks out about the murder of Lake and Riley, close the border now. And then President Trump speaks about the, the young woman from Georgia that was murdered by an illegal alien. And then Laura Loomer this morning said that she was blocked by Hyas after her posts of exposing them. They locked their account and made their posts private. So that's um, one sign that the pressure's on. And then she also disclosed their finances. This is from highest.org, their 2022 financial disclosure, in which they specify that government agencies, to include the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, U.S. Department of State, U.S. Department of Homeland Security, has given $23 million by HHS, $59, almost $60 million by the Department of State, and then U.S. Department of Homeland Security is just under $10,000. So there is absolutely a financial tie between the government and this organization. But what I want to do and what I uh, try to do as, uh, as taught by my teacher, Dave Jose, you can find him at Real Dave Cares for you on Twitter. Um, I like to do the fundamental law. So what I want to do, Laura, if I may, is I want to direct your attention to several state constitutions. Because if we look at the fundamental law, we will understand how to actually destroy these people. Because in the law, nothing can happen that is outside the Constitution. So we want to actually focus on the Constitution. This is Hyas talking about their history. Hyas, who we are, all this other kind of stuff. You scroll down to who they are, they're gonna tell you that they are a, and let me make this a little bit bigger. 
They are a nonpartisan 501c3 refugee protection organization based in Silver Spring, Maryland. So we're going to start in Maryland today. But what I want to focus on is this 501c3. Now, most people will recognize this as a tax-exempt status. What I see it as is an entity that's created by statute, which matters. But before we get to our explain sketch, Laura, that is where at the very end of this, I'm going to draw a picture, uh, not to insult, but just to show the, the relationship, the conceptual relationship in the law of all these things. But before I show the conceptual relationship, I need you to see the law of the constitutions that specify that this stuff can't happen. Let's go to Ballotpedia. This is the Maryland Constitution, Article 8, because highest was where? Silver Spring, Maryland. So let's go see what the Maryland Constitution has. Maryland Constitution, where I want to go is I want to go to Article 3, Section 48. Article 3, Section 48. And the reason why this is important, Laura, is that we need to understand what the law says. Because what you've done righteously, I think, is to use your platform to point to where things are bad. However, in the law, if you actually want to smash these people, we need to know what the law says about what them as an organization are allowed to do in the law. What most Americans don't know is they don't know the fundamentals, which are in the constitutions and the settled maxims of law, which is what Dave Jose teaches. And that's the guy that taught me, Real Dave Cares For You, on Twitter. You guys spoke uh, a couple weeks back about Carrie Lake, but let's put that to the side. Let's focus on the law. In the law, we look at what the law says. Let's go back down here to section 48. This is Maryland Constitution, uh, Article 3, Section 48. Corporations may be formed under general laws. General laws are those that are the same around the entire state. They have to be general for everybody, right? The Constitution is the general law of the state. But shall not be created by special act, except for municipal purposes and except in cases where no general law exists. Now what this is saying, a corporation is just a body of people. We're about to see, I'm about to show you where the corpor- uh, where the state where the Supreme Court says that. But right now, a corporation like Hyas, like Hyas, Hyas as a corporation has to be made by general law. That means that nothing that Hyas does can go against what the Constitution secures. So if the Constitution secures somebody's right, then Hyas as a corporation cannot do anything that goes against their rights. And therein is the issue. I actually tweeted you um, explaining that in short, but this is the more longer form. Providing the creation of corporations of the same general character as the corporation proposed to be created and any act of incorporation passed in violation of this section shall be void. This is literally telling you that corporations created by Maryland Constitution or any entity derivative from, so like the Maryland legislature or any statute in Maryland that allows people to incorporate in Maryland, which if you think, Hyas is a 501c3 refugee protection organization based in Silver Spring, Maryland, right? So Maryland is telling you that no corporation can be uh, created, uh, passed in violation of this section shall be void. Then look at this. 
All charters granted, which means they've been given or adopted in pursuance of this section, and all charters heretofore granted and created subject to repeal or modification. So highest corporate charter is subject to repeal or modification. They may be altered, right, from time to time or be repealed, provided nothing herein shall, uh, contained shall be construed, construed to extend to banks or the incorporation therefore or thereof. So it talks about how you can actually destroy, repeal, and go after a corporation's charter. Now the rest of that we'll speak about. Now it has to hold its charter subject to the provisions of this constitution. So now let's go back to Maryland Constitution and we're going to look at the rights. Maryland Constitution, where's the rights at? Declaration of Rights. So this is Maryland Constitution Declaration of Rights. If any, if any corporation goes against these rights, the corporation goes against the general law. If the corporation goes against the general law, the corporation's charter can be destroyed. Okay? So, here we have the preamble, then we have Article 1. All government of right originates in the people, is founded in their in compact only, instituted solely for the good of the whole. Now, keep this in mind, Laura. Good of the whole. I'm going to go and I'm going to show you John Locke. John Locke is a settled forefather of American law. So when John Locke talks about public danger, whatever John Locke talks about regarding public danger is settled law. So if the government is instituted for the public good, and we understand what John Locke says regarding danger then you can then make, connect those two things to say anything that's creating a public danger is against the public good. The reason why this is important is because look at the rest of Article 1. And they have, the people, at all times, the inalienable right to alter, reform, abolish their form of government in such manner as they deem expedient. So if the people determine something is unlawful and a danger to them, they can destroy it. Right? It talks about how Article 2, the Constitution of the United States and laws made or what shall be made in pursuance thereof, which would be the statutes created by the legislature that creates corporations like HIAS and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States are and shall be the supreme law of the land and the judges of this state and the people of this state and shall be bound thereby anything in the Constitution or laws of this state to the contrary notwithstanding. So if any corporation like Hyas is doing things that are endangering people, you can't endanger people or else you don't exist. So Hyas, as smuggling in massive amounts of immigrants, massive amounts of illegals, is putting people at danger, which is the issue in the law. Now, as a side note, the federal government will presume it has jurisdiction over migration. If you want to learn more about that, those links are in the description, specifically the state sovereignty affidavit and then the immigration series where I go through the four part series of what the fundamental law is regarding immigration. Specifically, the issue about migration is that if the people who are here do not want people not from here to come here, all they have to say is, we don't like it, get them out. That's sufficient grant in the government. That's sufficient grant for power and law to expel people. Just if you don't want them here. 
if we don't want people in America, you can tell people to get them out, to deport them. And I show that in the immigration series. I'll touch on it briefly here just for time purposes because I know you're busy. So what I want to do now is I want to show you a Supreme Court case. This is Hale v. Hinkle, Hale v. Hinkle, 1906. And let's just read this real fast and you can see that the Supreme Court is agreeing with me in 1906. There is a clear distinction between an individual and a corporation. So you and I are individuals made in God's image, right? Then the corporation is a creature of statute in which people come together to exercise and enjoy certain benefits and powers. Make sense? Like HIAS. HIAS is a nonprofit organization that is a corporation. And the latter, look at this, and the latter being a creature of the state. So you were not born by the state of Florida. You were not born by the state of Maryland. I was not born by the state of Oklahoma. We are not creatures of the state. Corporations are made by statutes in pursuance to constitutional provision. So if the constitution says you can't violate, the corporations can't violate what's in the constitution, then if evidence exists of the corporation violating the constitution, the Constitution, the law, says you can destroy that corporation. Does that make sense? All right. So it has not, look at this, the Supreme Court is saying, has not the constitutional right to refuse to submit its books and papers for an examination at the suit of the state. Now, understand what's going on here. The context of this case is that someone was compelled to show the books of a corporation. And what the Supreme Court is doing here, it's saying if a corporation is commanded to open its books, the corporation must comply. Now, track that with all the other things. If someone in government receives evidence, an affidavit, or just notice, just observation, like you did, you, um, you're showing highest uh, funding hotels and stuff for people that are illegal. You could take that, write that in a document, DM me, I will help you with it for free, by the way. You can take that document and hand it to people in government and that's a sufficient grant of power for them to go then take action and destroy stuff. And here's a kicker. When you do this by affidavit and you swear to your rights, there's nobody that can, that can say that you're wrong unless they can show the constitutional provision where they can trample your rights. They don't have any constitutional provision to trample your rights, which is what we'll get to in the explained sketch here pretty soon. And an officer of a corporation which is charged with criminal violation of a statute cannot plead the criminality of the corporation as a refusal to produce its books. Franchises of a corporation chartered by a state, chartered by a state, the state's charter corporations. Hyas is a nonpartisan refugee protection organization based in Silver Spring, Maryland. Some state created it. Somewhere, some state in America created Hyas. Hyas is a creature of a state. It is an entity that is in subjection, in pursuance to some state constitution. And I'm sure you can find that. They, so far as they involve questions of interstate commerce, exercised in subordination to the power of Congress to regulate such commerce. And this is speaking about the, um, the specifics of the case. But the, what's important here 
is that they they do not corporations do not have uh, you know uh, the powers to do whatever they want. They have to obey the general law. Now here, because I've already showed you Maryland, let's go to three or let's go let's go to the four border states. Let's go to Texas, and I want to show you that every state is going to have something along these lines that says corporations can't do stuff in their states unlawfully. Let's go to Texas Constitution, Article 12, Section 1. And for the people watching, I appreciate you. Uh, the best way to support me is to switch your shopping to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. I'm not going to do the normal pitch because I want to keep Laura's attention. Article 12. Article 12 uh, of the Texas Constitution, Section 1. No private corporation shall be created except by general law. This is the same principle. No corporation is created, created by the government, except by the general law, the Constitution. So no corporation can exist in Texas unless it's by general law. So even if Hyas was created in Maryland, Hyas doing business in Texas must be by Texas law, the Texas Constitution. So then we need to see what the Texas Constitution says in order for Hyas to see if Hyas has the power to allow mass migrants into the nation. Does, does Hyas have that power? Let's go to Article, uh, Article 12, Section 2. General laws shall be enacted providing for the creation, there it is again, creation of private corporations like Hyas, and shall therein provide fully for the adequate protection of the public and of the individual stockholders. So the general law provides for the protection of the public. This is saying that you cannot have a corporation whose purpose hurts the public. So Hyas, who's importing mass migration, is hurting the public. How many people are raped? You mentioned uh, earlier the, the, um, the uh, what was it? You mentioned earlier um, the, uh, the, the thing about, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, Lake and Riley. Lake and Riley, the, the young woman that was murdered by the illegal, you mentioned this. That murder is a crime. That murder is breach of public peace. That murder is a public danger. When you start saying those things, you can start to associate those crimes and those dangers, those hazards, with the aliens, which is what you need to do. That right there, that last 10 seconds, is exactly what you need to hammer Aliens, unlawful aliens are a public danger. Unlawful aliens are a public danger. Unlawful aliens are a public danger. That's what you say. The more people who say that, the more people understand that that issue is elevating the threat to the people and the whole purpose of government is to defend the people, which is what Article 2, or excuse me, Article 12, Section 2 of the Texas Constitution is pointing to. It's telling you, you have to have adequate protection of the public. Now, let's go to um, Arizona. Now, I didn't write this one down. So now I'm on the fly. Let's go to Arizona. Arizona is a border state. Now we're looking for corporate. Uh, now, see, I always go to Ballotpedia and go to state constitutions. I'm looking for corporations. And without me writing it down, I guarantee you some type of general law, protection from the Constitution, some type of provision exists. 
The reason why I can say that is because I know the frame of government. So counties, municipal corporations, which are like cities, uh, but we want corporations other than municipal, Article 14. So Article 14 of the Arizona Constitution, right? The term corporation, this is section one, used in this article shall be construed to include all associations and joint stock companies having any powers or privileges of corporations not possessed by individuals or co-partnerships. That's highest. And all corporations shall have the right to sue and be subject to suit in all courts just like natural persons. Okay, that's fine. Look at this. This is Article 14, Section 2 of the Arizona Constitution. Corporations may be formed under general laws, but shall not be created by special acts. So you can't have a, uh, a the legislature in Arizona pass a specific let, uh, bill saying that there can be corporations specifically designed for smuggling in migrants. You can't have that. Laws relating to corporations may be altered, amended, or repealed at any time, and all corporations doing business in this state as to such business be regulated, limited, and restrained by law. The law is the Constitution. The law is not the statutes. The law is the Constitution. So then we have to find in uh, Arizona Constitution, does the Arizona Constitution protect people? Let's see. Uh, Arizona Constitution, Article 2. Now we want to come back to um, section two. All political powers inherent the people and governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governed and are established to protect and maintain individual rights. If there is one Arizonan who has been raped by one illegal alien, you have illegal aliens, unlawful aliens, unlawful migrants as a threat to the people. And the government by law must defend them. Must defend them. You can, and a corporation, a corporation smuggling in a class or a status of people, that of aliens and migrants, cannot do business if the aliens and migrants pose a public danger to the people, which they do. How many people need to be raped in order uh, before people say that they're uh, unlawful? How many local officials sworn to these constitutions are going to be committing treason for not declaring that unlawful immigration, unlawful aliens are a threat. Does that make sense? All right, now let's go to um, New Mexico, another border state. And then what I'm going to do, Laura, Lord willing, is I'm going to show, I'm going to draw you know, a picture because it helps me uh, to explain, you know, uh, to, to see the concepts. New Mexico, I want to go to Article 11. Article 11 and I want to go to section 13. Article 11, section 13. Article 11, section 13. The legislature shall provide for the organization of corporations by general law. That's the Constitution. All laws relating to corporations may be altered, amended, or repealed by the legislature. So right there, there are people in the legislature, the New Mexico legislature, that can do what? Alter, amend, repeal any corporate charter, any corporate license. So if Hyas is licensed to, to do things in New Mexico, New Mexico legislature that does not require judges, no courts can get involved, not even the New Mexico governor can tell them no. The legislature can do it automatically. They, they, they can't be restricted. When necessary for the public good and general welfare, if unlawful aliens are killing people, raping people, destroying property, it's for the public good. And all corporate, it's, it's, that is against the public good. So stopping the corporation who's facilitating that would be for the public good is what I meant. 
And all corporations doing business in the state may, as to such business, be regulated, limited, or restrained by laws not in conflict with the Constitution of the United States or of this Constitution. Laura, at this point, you know, you know I'm, I'm trying to show that people, that excuse me, that corporations can't just do whatever they want. And if they threaten people, that's how you stop them. And I'm showing you in the law. Let's go to California, another border state. Article 3. Section 3. Article 3, Section 3. What we want to do here, the powers of the state, legislative, executive, judicial, persons charged with the exercise of one power may not exercise either of these powers except as permitted in this Constitution. You can't use powers uh, conflicting, but I want to show you where it is in California uh, for corporations because I didn't write this one down either. Judicial, education, water, water resources, local government, maybe, public utilities, taxation, tax limitation, government. Um, okay, so it's going to be probably in legislative. Public utilities, local government. Uh, judicial branch, executive, legislative. So we'll go Article 4, and then we're going to cheat by saying corporations. Nope. I'd have to search this. Executive, let's look at local government. Article 11. Cheat. There you go. Um... Says persons or corporations may establish and operate works for supply. See, that's public works. We don't want public works. I'd have to look through it for California. I was on a time crunch. I was trying to do it, but the idea is the same. It's you can't. Um, you can't violate the Constitution, which means no corporation can do business in a state without violating the law. So this is talking about local government. I'm trying to find not public utilities, not water resources, not water, not education. I'd have to find it. So I owe, I owe you that, Laura. But the idea is that you can't you can't go against people's rights. And if something's going against people's rights, then uh, then you know. Then it's, then it's struck down. So I want to keep going. Because I'll look for this all day and I'll find it. I'll find it. Uh, well, here we go. California Competition Commission. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting down the rabbit hole. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find it to you. I'll find it and I'll, I'll DM you with it. Um, so I've done Texas. I've done Arizona. I've done New Mexico. I've done California. I've done Maryland. So every state has effectively... Um, basically said there's a distinction between individual corporation and that corporations can't go against uh, basic rights. So now what I need to show you is I need to show you John Locke. This is John Locke, Two Treaties of Government, Book 2, Section 240 and 242. So what we're trying to do here is understand, and this is a, a longer explanation in my um, immigration series on this, but here's where we want to say is because the government is a trust, an express trust, it's written down in a constitution, and a trust is a uh, an entity where powers are given for the stewardship and the accountability of the trustee for the benefit of people. 
aliens are not beneficiaries of our public trusts. They are not from here. They don't have any right to be here unless we permit them to be. So when someone is invading into the nation, they do not do it lawfully. They do it unlawfully. In America, the media has made it to where, one, we don't understand that states are sovereign, which is what the state sovereignty affidavit specifies. But two, under the presumption of inter interstate commerce is where the federal government extends its jurisdiction over migration and tells the states what to do. This is why it was important when Greg Abbott of Texas wrote that the government, the federal government breached the compact and Texas had the right to self-defense, which is not the way that I would have said it. I would have just said that Texas is a sovereign state and is free and independent and has full sovereignty and police power over migration which I actually show uh, in that state sovereignty affidavit, that video. But here we want to look at John Locke talking about who is the judge to determine whether someone in office, political office, has done their job or not. He writes, this is book two, chapter 19, section 240. Here it is like the common question will be made, who shall be judge? whether the prince or the legislative uh, act contrary to their trust. This perhaps ill-affected and factious men may spread amongst the people when the prince only makes use of his due prerogative. To this I reply, the people shall be judged. So John Locke is talking about if someone in government has done unrighteousness, if they're not doing good, who is the judge of that? Locke, a settled forefather in American jurisprudence, says the people. The people are the judge. For, for who shall be judged whether his trustee or deputy acts well, and according to the trust reposed in him, but he who deputes him, who gives him the power, and must, by having deputed him, have still a power to discard him. So if we have the power to put people in office, we have the power to take them out of office, and that is reflective of our discretion of people in government, okay? When he fails in his trust. If this be reasonable in particular cases of private men, so people like you and I in our private affairs, if you have the power to hire somebody, you have the power to fire them, right? Why should it be otherwise in the greatest moment where the welfare of millions is concerned and also where the evil, if not prevented, is greater and the redress very difficult, dear, and dangerous? He is saying that if Laura has the private power to hire somebody, Laura has the private power to fire them based on Laura's discretion because Laura gave them the job. If America put our government into power and America sees the violation from unlawful aliens, America has the power to say, government, you're gone based on our judging of the situation. Let's scroll down to section 240 or uh, 242. 242. If a controversy, so let's say that you've got a sanctuary city, think sanctuary city, think Dallas or Houston or whatever, a sanctuary city, these people that are collaborating with Hyas, you've got a municipal corporation, the city, going with a corporation, Hyas, to do stuff that hurts people, okay? That's that's what's happening, that's the bad thing. But now it says, if, if a controversy arise betwixt a prince and some of the people. So if the government, 
John Locke was writing before America. So because he's saying prince, he's talking about a bureaucrat. But make no mistake, in America, we are the king. We've got the crown on our head. So when he's saying if there's a controversy between someone in government and the people in a matter where the law is silent or doubtful and the thing be of great consequence. In this case, what is the law on migration? And I've done the, the deep dive on the immigration series. Effectively, states are sovereign and states have the sole, exclusive, complete and unqualified uh, authority for police power, which includes deportation. So because that's the issue, um, you know, and, and now it's of great consequence, I should think, Locke continues, I should think the proper umpire, that is the judge, in such a case should be the body of the people. For in cases where the prince hath a trust reposed in him and is dispensed from the common ordinary rules of the law, so if, if someone in government has power given to them by the people and then they use that power contrary to what's commonly expected, so who in our government has been given power to then use to open up the borders and have Americans be raped and murdered and property destroyed. That goes against the common ordinary rule, right? So if it goes against the common ordinary rule, the prince, the one in government, is doing something they're not supposed to. There, if any men find themselves aggrieved and think the prince acts contrary to or beyond the trust, Who's so proper to judge as the body of the people who at first lodged that trust in him? How far they meant it should extend. But if the prince or whoever they be in administration decline that way of determination, the appeal lies nowhere but to heaven, forced between either persons who have no known superior on earth or which permits no appeal to a judge on earth being properly a state of war, wherein applies lies only uh, appeal lies only to heaven. And in that state, the injured party must judge for himself when he will think fit to make use of that appeal and put himself on it. Now, Locke is talking about war. He's talking about force against the people in government doing bad things. But here's where you need to understand. The wisdom of America's founders was to give us a constitution, the written law. When someone is warring against the people, they're warring against the constitution and every state constitution, to include the U.S. constitution, defines treason as aiding or abetting the enemy, right? To be an enemy attacking the United States or giving aid or comfort to the enemy. If someone is in government, giving aid or comfort to an entity, an enemy, uh, some activity that's hurting people, they are committing treason. So now you've got people committing treason based on their support and complicit complicity, uh, their compliance uh, of this unlawful behavior. So hopefully you can kind of start to see that we're speaking about a public danger. Now this is where I want to get to the pictures. This is where I want to get to the pictures. If I can get my camera here. And here's where I want to get to a picture. And this is what helps me. I hope this helps you because uh, I'm going to write this picture. So what I'm going to draw here is I'm going to draw Hyas. Does that make sense? Can you see this? Okay, Hyas. Now, Laura, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the frame of government. I'm going to draw on this piece of paper what the government is from a, from a frame perspective. Hold on. Is this pin better? 
Yeah, I like this pen better because it's darker. It writes darker. Okay, so here we go. Now this is where I get. Uh, now this is my um, this is my conclusion, but the content I've learned from a guy named Dave Jose, and I follow him. His name's Dave Jose. It's at Real Dave Cares for You, number four in the U. So whenever you start off with God in Genesis chapter one and verse one, He created all things. Now, I understand that you are a Jew, I am a Christian, I believe the gospel, and so my, um, my worldview is going to inform what I say. So this is using the Christian perspective, but it's going to bless you because Christ is king and he is good, but it's also the frame of our government. I'm going to show it. When God says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, when the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth, this says that God is in charge. He's sovereign. Now, me as a Christian, I believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. This is important. This is the death, the burial, the resurrection. This is important because this is the only way to salvation. Through the, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ... When Jesus physically rose from the grave, he came out and he said in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, that all power and authority is given to him. Therefore, go teach all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach all nations to obey all his commands. When Jesus says go, us Christians call that the Great Commission. The Great Commission is a transfer of power, but also a direction of our activities. This means that the people who believed that, right? The we, the people, we'll just say we, the people, the we, the people who understood that, put that into action. In America, our founders were Christians. Because our founders were Christians and they understood the Christian worldview, they did something very brilliant. They reserved to themselves, they reserved their rights. Now, these rights include life, liberty, property, and all these other things, right? And then over here, they created, they created and wrote a constitution. Now, these constitutions, because there's 50, there's 50 plus one, 50 state constitutions plus one. These constitutions are what's called an express trust. An express trust is a written document where there is no inference or interpretation possible, and a trust is a relationship where one is accountable for the powers that he receives for the benefit of the beneficiary. Right? So the trust or the, the constitutions are express trusts. They are also called the trust indenture. Now, if you look up that word, attorneys are only going to tell you half of it, but the trust indenture is the written document that outlines the terms and conditions for the trustees and defines the rights for the beneficiaries. So your constitutions outline what the trustees can do and they determine the benefit of the beneficiaries. This is why when we look to our constitutions, let me turn this off, when we go to California Constitution and we go to Article 1, it talks about people. All people are by uh, free and have inalienable rights. This is a benefit of, of uh, forming a government. Right. Among these are enjoying life and liberty, acquiring, possessing, protecting property, pursuing, obtaining happiness, safety, and privacy. This is why we can freely speak. This is why we can uh, instruct our representatives. This is why we can do all these things. We have these rights and these rights are secured in our constitution because these rights 
come from Jesus. They come from God. And the people, because they were founders, created documents that reserve these things. Now, this is where it's important because there's a big wall right here. This wall is protecting your rights from anything that the government does. Now, every single constitution, because it's Republican in form, has a legislature, it has an executive, and it's got a judicial. So here are your three branches of government, legislative, executive, and judicial. The legislative can write statutes. From these statutes, they can then do what? They can create entities. These entities that are created are called, so, so the statute allows them to create an ent entities. These entities created what? Highest. So now, and, and this is this is the same thing for all of those uh, corporate sponsors. Who else was a corporate sponsor? Like Google, uh, Nike. Um, you, you did the video where you listed out all the people giving money, right? Those created entities are in commerce. Highest, even though it's listed as a nonprofit, is still doing business. Now here's the thing. Because if the legislature writes statutes, those statutes create entities. Those created entities like Highest, Google, Nike, whatever, the, they are doing something that goes against people's rights. So if you get killed by, a, by an illegal, that violated your right to life. If you can't travel you know, where you want to go, you're violating your right to liberty. If your school is being bombarded by people who don't speak English, that's a violation of liberty. If your property is being destroyed because there's feces or whatever, that's violated property. But there's another thing, another guarantee that the Constitution provides, and that is the public welfare. The public welfare is your uh, expectation to be able to walk down the street and not be raped. Your expectation to walk down the street and not, um, you know, be have your rights trampled in any way. So what's going on in the government is that you've got the legislative, the executive, and the judicial branches. The legislative passed statutes that created entities like HIAS. HIAS is then doing what? It's taking government money. So some of these statutes, right? Some of these statutes will create what was it? The uh, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Now the US Department of Health and Human Services will take money from these guys. So they give money, so these guys right here, and this is what your tweets were exposing, these guys, and my, my paper is moving on me, these guys are in business together. You see how these guys are now in business? So you've got a government agency with government money, public funds, in business with these guys. These guys, are then some of these statutes, so this would be a federal, right? So this is for all government. This is for federal and state. So I'll just say that there are federal statutes that created federal agencies, but there's also state statutes that create these corporations. There's also state, uh, excuse me, there's also constitutional provisions that allow for the creation of what's called a municipal corporation, which is a city. Now, the difference between a municipal corporation and just a normal corporation or a one in business over here is that these over here do not have the special powers conferred to them by the by the constitution 
these guys are just uh, incorporating. It's just a gathering. It's a, it's a body. Corporation comes from the uh, Latin corpus, which means body. So a municipal corporation, municipal comes from the Latin word of place or people or uh, city and a corporation. So it's a city uh, body. It's a body of the city. So a municipal corporation, these corporations right here are then receiving money from Hyas. So if the Department of Health and Human Services gives money to these guys, and I guarantee you the Department of Health and Human Services gives money to these guys. But if these guys, Hyas and, and the such, do business with these guys, you've now got business here that goes against this. So you cannot have created entities, the whole thing, you cannot have created entities going against the, the guarantee of government. Government exists to guarantee the public welfare. Government exists to guarantee rights. If you're being raped or if you're being killed or if your property is being destroyed, the government is failing. Which now brings me to what do we do about it? What we do about it, and these are my notes from earlier, what we do about it is you can either A, get a state rep to start doing some investigations, do a, uh, get a federal rep to do some investigations. And this includes writing those letters of inquiry. Now, both of these situations can lead to the annulling of that charter. You can actually destroy Hyas administratively and no courts can get involved. All that would be required is a state rep who receives evidence or a federal rep who receives evidence of these trespass rights and they can administratively annul or revoke or amend the charter. They can also open the books. So when you are posting their financials like this, when you're posting their financials, that's just what they disclosed to you. Here, you can actually get them to open up their books and when they open up their books, you can tell, you can tell who personally is, um, is getting paid. And that was the whole purpose of um, that was the whole purpose of uh, Hale versus Hinkle. The whole purpose of Hale versus Hinkle was to show that the government can compel a corporation to open up its books. So if you wanted to know specifically who's getting paid, you could get these guys to compel that, um, that disclosure. Now you can also go to local law enforcement. Let's say that you are in a county. Let's go, did I, I locked it down. Let's go to um, Texas. Let's go to Texas county, counties, shall we? If we go to Texas counties, and I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to show you Texas. Let me let me type this in Texas counties. If we go to Texas counties, and we look at here we go. Here we go. Let's just do this. If we go to Texas counties, where let me let me make this bigger for you. Come on. If we go down to, let's say, what's this? Cameron County. We go to Cameron County, Texas. Let's go to Cameron County, Texas. If we go to Google and we go to Cameron County, Texas Sheriff. Cameron County, Texas Sheriff, Eric Garza. Let's look this dude up. If we go to Texas or Cameron County, Texas, Sheriff Garza. Where you at, Garza? It doesn't have his picture, but that's fine. We don't really care. Um, if you go to this dude, you can get this guy. Cameron County, Texas, Eric Garza is what this says. I don't want to go to Facebook. 
But you go to Eric Garzen. Right there is his email. Right there is his email. Just available right there. That dude right there. This guy. Let's go back to this. This guy is local law enforcement. If you give him evidence of this. If you give him evidence of this. And you're showing him what the law is. You. Here's the here's the beautiful part. And this is what Dave teaches. And it's, it's uh, Dave Jose. And on Twitter, it's real Dave cares for you. So like the number four in the U. Dave teaches that the people can do notice and affidavit, amongst other things. He teaches all sorts of stuff. But he teaches that you can do notice and affidavit by right anywhere in government. So the people can send notice and affidavit to uh, the legislature, to an individual legislature. You can send it to the president or a governor. You can send it to a judge. You can do it to any of that stuff. You can also, by right, send it right to, and this is where my paper is mixing up, you can also send it directly to these uh, entities. You can send it to uh, you know, Department of Homeland Security. You can send it to municipal corporations. You can do all that stuff. So now let's say that you've got a um, constitutional provision that creates a county. Let's say it's Texas. And this county, then the, so the constitutional provision in Texas creates counties. And the county that we're going to is Cameron County. Now, in Cameron County, this entity, this, this county corporation, county corporation, this county corporation has certain powers. One of those powers is the sheriff. So this sheriff here, named Garza, is literally the dude on the border. You could go from here, as we the people, use your right to instruct government, because you have that right too. You have the right to instruct government. And you can give, if you wanted to, an affidavit, which is evidence, first-hand testimony of this, and you could send it directly to, and this is where my paper's messing up, you could send it directly to Garza. Now, if Garza is on board and he's an obedient servant, he, as a local law enforcement guy, he can start deporting. And there's nothing anyone can do to stop him. The reason why the local law enforcement can deport is because um, you, as a uh, grantor, these guys are the grantors of political power. These, All these guys down here, all these guys on this side of this line are trustees. So the document here, the Constitution, defines what the trustees have to do. So a grantor of political power can send notice and affidavit to Garza, which is an actual instruction. It's a lawful command. And so you can send an affidavit instructing the trustee Garza, even if you're not in Texas, telling him what the law is and what he has to do. And then Garza could take that affidavit and he could start deporting. Now let's say that Garza does this. Let's say that Garza down here receives Laura's affidavit, and I can help you with that. Let's say he receives Laura's affidavit. If this dude's got a backbone and you help him with your platform and Trump piles on, this dude can actually start deporting people and there's nobody in government that can stop him. And if they do it, this guy here, Garza, we can say, where does Garza, where does the constitution where does the Constitution prohibit Garza from obeying the law? 
Where does where does the Constitution prohibit Garza from obeying the law? Because Garza, sworn to the Texas Constitution, just received an affidavit, which is sworn under penalty of perjury, of the exercise rights of the people, Laura Loomer, to tell Garza to go ahead and start deporting people. He could also start actioning against these people. And he can use this, he can use Laura's affidavit as that grant. Because if Hyas is a statutory entity, Hyas can't do business against people's rights. So if Laura, as one of the people, even if you're in Florida, send an affidavit into Garza, and Garza takes that affidavit, this affidavit shields Garza. Garza is now just obeying. He is obeying a lawful command from his political superior, which is you. You, having sworn this affidavit, can say, Hyas is a danger. Hyas is performing and participating in a public danger. So you're telling Garza that the illegal aliens, right? They're smuggling in these aliens. Paper keeps moving on me, right? If, if Hyas is doing these aliens, aliens, the definition of alien is a foreigner. Sorry, aliens. The definition of a foreign uh, alien is a foreigner. And these aliens don't have any right to be in America. So if these guys right here are posing the public danger, you're not actually charging them with a crime. You're not charging them with a crime. So there's no constitutional due process. There is, hey, you guys right here, you are literally a danger to America and you don't have any right to be here. Get out. This guy, right, because he got your affidavit, he's protected by your affidavit and you, by right can instruct them, hey, these guys are a danger to the people. So you can start grabbing these folks up and deporting them. They can start grabbing these folks up and deporting them. And if a judge, let's say, starts to come at you, first of all, a judge is going to have to be initiated by somebody. You're going to have to have somebody go to the judge. What's probably going to happen is you're going to have Hyas pay a lawyer and that lawyer itself is a commercial actor. So this commercial actor, known as a lawyer, is going to be doing what? He's going to file a petition, which means he will never swear under penalty of perjury. This lawyer will be a commercial actor who will then file suit with a judge. That judge will then say, hey, Garza, you can't do this. Garza can say, I was ordered to do it. Laura is standing on the law telling me under penalty of perjury that these guys are a danger. Hey, judge, show me where you have the power where I, that can prevent me from obeying the law. And that judge would shut up because the judge has no law, which means there would be no injunction. And this lawyer right here, just because we are the kind of people we are, and this is what Dave teaches, we would go after this guy right here. And we would start to target this lawyer as a commercial actor. And we would say, you as a commercial actor are only do in, in uh, commerce uh, as derivative from these statutes. And you as in commerce from the derivative of these statutes, you are now actioning uh, a, you know, in support of public danger. Which means a lawyer as a commercial actor is supporting the public danger against the expressed right of people who have all political power. And that would smash them.
Now, lawyers don't know this, and if you show this to any attorney, they're not going to understand, but that's all right because they haven't been taught the law. So if you want to learn more, I can absolutely help. I absolutely will help because I believe that it's righteous for government uh, to do this, but I wanted to give this stream to you, Laura, um, because you have shown yourself uh, diligent and ambitious and zealous for uh, the nation, specifically for immigration. Um, but I'll, I'll, so, so that's, that's on that. You can DM me. This is yours. I'll help on any document that I can. Um, and I, I absolutely, please get that document that Dave Jose wrote to President Trump because Trump can do the same thing to, to help himself save himself from losing millions of dollars. Uh, but here's where I you know, really want to direct your attention because this is the most important part. I'm a Christian. I do what I do to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I do what I do to show the wisdom of Jesus Christ in our government to help people who are being oppressed. So while we're talking about the nation and illegal immigration and going against highest and all these things, um, that's good in the sense that we want good government. But what's best and what's most necessary is the fact that salvation from sin is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this is where every single live stream that I end is with and on a gospel proclamation. That of Jesus dying for your sins, being buried, buried after he died on the cross, and then physically resurrecting from the grave. When Jesus rose from the grave, he said he's got all power and authority. He then instituted his new church on Pentecost, which is a Jewish celebration, after his death. Whenever his church was built in Jerusalem on the first day of Pentecost, the response when people see that they are dead in their trespass is to repent of their sin and to be baptized into the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. When you are baptized into Jesus, you then get the blessing and the eternal salvation that Jesus freely gives. Jews understand Torah. They, they, they claim the first five books of the Bible. They point to Moses and the prophets. Moses and the prophets were all pointing to Jesus. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 5 and verse 39. But if you look to the Old Testament, Abraham in, in Genesis chapter 15, he believed God and it was counted for him to righteousness. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 4. When Abraham believed what God said, he was promised the seed of promise. The seed of promise is, is Jesus Christ. It is those who are in Jesus Christ. When Abraham was made this promise, he, he responded. He obeyed. When Moses was continued this promise, whenever he delivered the law, no one could keep the law. That's why the book of Leviticus is speaking about making all the sacrifices for all the sin that's being done. Jesus perfectly upheld the law. Isaiah chapter 53 speaks about the suffering Savior, the one who took all the stripes, all the sins of the world, so that people may be saved. This is when Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 and 7 speaks to the Son, the one named Emmanuel, the one who will establish an everlasting covenant that Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44 says that is everlasting everlasting that Daniel chapter 7 speaks that will it will happen in four different kingdoms after Nebuchadnezzar that fourth kingdom was Rome that fourth kingdom being Rome was where or what was during the time that Jesus established his one church he didn't establish his church in Rome he established his church in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost 
So I say this so that you believe the gospel, you repent of your sins, and you're baptized in his name. If you want to do a walkthrough of the Bible, I'm more than welcome uh, to do that. If you want to talk about the stream, I'm more than welcome uh, to do that. That's why I do what I do. I appreciate you listening. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow to discuss something else in the law. But Laura, if you want to talk about that, I'm, I'm open. I'm, I'll, I'll explain everything you want. I'll walk you through the process. And I think someone with your platform uh, would be such a blessing pointing people back to what the fundamental law is, which is what President Trump's doing anyway. God bless you. Uh, until next time, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.